So so with Dune coming out, David, that's got some walking in the desert. And so mm. I, I'm interested to see, you know, that's a movie that I think that, well, you know, that'll be on HBO Max. I think we should review. And I'm interested to see, you know, what that score lies in because there's they, it takes place on the desert planet. There's a lot of there's a lot of sand going on. I'm interested. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, I think I'm ready to get started. Hello and welcome to the Amped About Movies podcast. I'm David and today Hunter, Andrew, Chad and I will discuss the 2011 horror thriller Cabin in the Woods which is currently available on Peacock. This movie was written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard, was directed by Drew Goddard, and stars Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth, Anna Hutchinson, Fran Kranz, and Jesse Williams. A quick plot synopsis for the uninitiated. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin, where they will get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. There will be spoilers in this podcast, so we highly recommend you watch the movie before listening especially since it's our Halloween special. Next week, we'll be watching There Will Be Blood, which is currently available on Netflix. Finally, I want to give a shout out to all our listeners in Leander, Texas. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in, and we hope you enjoy. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a rating or by interacting with our polls and questions on Spotify. Now to hand it off to Hunter. What were your first impressions of this film? This is a thriller. This movie was good. I normally don't love horror movies. I called David beforehand when we made the quick squ- quick switch from Scott Pilgrim versus the world to this. I got a little nervous. <laughs> I had known about this movie ever since it came out. I saw the. I remember the trailers when this thing was first in theaters. And I said, no way I'm watching No that. way. You saw the trailer? Yeah. Are you yeah, this came out in like 2012, right? I'm just giving you. Oh, oh yeah. This is the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my my trailer radar has been. Has He's been got the trailer. It's trailer dar. Oh, yeah. I make sure to keep up. Although I will say horror movies, I tend to I tend not to watch those trailers because I just don't love horror movies. I get scared very easily. Uh, especially with horror movies that I wouldn't say take themselves seriously, but aren't very satirical. Something like Scream was fine for me, but we could say something such as The Conjuring. Heck no, I'm not watching that. No way. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. going to scare the bejesus out of me. So I was a little nervous going into this, and I can gladly say that this was a fun time. This was a very fun time. Yeah. This this movie. Uh, immediately from the opening from the opening scene you're kind of like what is going on it was i love that dialogue where the guy's wife is uh i, I believe she's going <laughs> to labor and they're just yeah. driving, they're they're talking about it and then you don't really know what's going on they're they're saying yeah japan japan's 100 percent for this and and you know everybody else has failed so it's just up to us and they seem super chillant about all this and then all of a sudden you get the title just plastered while they're driving down. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was so, it just caught you so much by surprise. And I love that. Yeah. And that was probably my favorite part throughout the movie is how 
in specific scenes that are supposed to grab the viewer in an actual horror movie, they cut to the people that were watching them in those scenes so we could see every, their whole reaction. I absolutely love that. Normally, that might take you out of the movie, but I thought it added so much mm-hmm. when in the scenes where <laughs> when the I'm blinking on the woman's character's name who Dana or uh, Jules Dana Dana when uh, she got attacked by the uh, by the guy after the van was in the lake and we oh, thought yeah. he's gonna die yeah. and it's it's super intense and then all of a sudden it cuts to everybody and they're cheering and they're grabbing beers I <laughs> crack up I'm sitting here I'm like okay she's got to do it she's gotta she, she she's the one some she's got to get out of here we're rooting for her and then it just cuts to their perspective and I could not <laughs> stop laughing I thought it was amazing and you see everything going on in the background amazing uh the the meta humor for what people expect out of a horror movie top notch and i think that's what makes this that's what makes this movie so good and it has great horror elements it has a couple jump scares but i think the best part of this movie is david what you told me before i watched it is the commentary that it has on what a horror movie is and what people expect going into a horror movie mm-hmm. when it's the people make their own decisions. They're the ones that kind of cause the <laughs> cause the their own death. How Chris Hemsworth says we have to all stick together. And yeah. He comes and he's like, never mind. We have to split up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Such just uh, so tongue in cheek with what's expected of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I I thought that was fantastic. Um, the only knock I have is the CGI. I thought the CGI was terrible. It was it was horrible, absolutely terrible. But I will say that I did love the merman, uh, the merman whole throughout yes. that Chekhov's gun for the merman. How that kept yes. getting brought up, and I I I love that payoff. That was that was, that was really cool. But overall, yeah. uh, I enjoyed this movie. My my biggest comment is this is a fun movie for anybody that just enjoys movies and i say this from a standpoint of people that appreciate uh how a a movie is made the things that go into a movie if you're a horror movie fan you'll like this if you're not a horror horror movie fan like me you'll still like it so uh that's the biggest comment i have super fun one jump scare that totally got me i basically dumped water all over myself when uh that happened but besides that super fun Awesome. Thanks, Hunter. I'm curious to hear more about that jump scare. But before we get to there, I'm going to hand it over to Beard. What did you think about this movie? Yeah, it was overall pretty interesting. Um, I wasn't really sure how much I'd like it. Kind of like how I felt about uh, Scream going into that. But, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I liked it. And I kind of thought it, it took, you know, it, it gives some nuance to the slasher genre. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, just like I said last year when we watched Scream, I, I definitely don't like horror, but I can definitely get behind it when they incorporate uh, more comedy into it or kind of, mm-hmm. you know, do some of the things that Hunter was mentioning. Yeah. Um, for me, I think that kind of takes a little bit of the edge off and I enjoy it a lot more. So I like that. And and kind of going along with that, this whole time I was watching it through like the, the same lens that I was thinking about Scream when we 
um, when we discussed that. So I felt like a lot of the things were the same. In fact, I felt like there were a lot of lines in this movie that made me think of other lines in other movies, which I'm sure most of them were connections yeah. that were like way out there that weren't, I, you know, were not intentional. But one, oh, I really? think that they they probably, oh yeah, yeah these are going to be really out there when I tell you. But the <laughs> okay. one I think the one I think that was intentional was um, when uh, Marty's like piecing it all together, and he's like, oh, like. I'm on a reality TV show. My parents are going <laughs> to think I'm such a burnout. And I'm like, oh, it's just like in screen when um, like it's all coming together. And the guy's just like, oh man, like my parents are going to be so mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great catch. So I it's like, oh, that's, that. I'm like, that's probably, that was probably intentional. The other ones just made me think of lines that were just like other things we'd seen recently or something. Like there was, there was honestly like a throwaway line where, Dana was, you know, with Marty and they were like just getting down into like the elevator or whatever. And they're like staving off a zombie. And she's like, you like pain? And in my notes, I was like, you like jazz? (laughs) And then like, I also thought it was a great line at the end of the movie where there's just like, it's, it's like all built up after all this time. And then, you know, they're, they're having this confrontation with Sigourney Weaver and she's like, listen, like Marty's got to die to, to like save the rest of humanity. And they'd like to do all these things. And then like, you know, the ending happens. It doesn't happen. You're like, you're thinking about like, what are the consequences of all these actions is going to be? And then Marty goes like, oh, yeah, like, I didn't think he had a cousin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, man, it's just like the scene in SpongeBob where they meet uh patrick's parents and he's like oh yeah we don't have a son <laughs> so anyway i'm yeah my mind was kind of like all over the place watching this movie um but you know bringing it back i i did like that they incorporated lots of different styles and like they it, it like at first blush it felt like they were trying to do like way too much they had like lots of styles lots of plot twists lots of genres that they're all trying to like weave in here but like honestly they did it pretty well like i thought it was it was pretty well executed and you know i thought like the um it, it all like flowed really nicely so i i appreciate that about the movie as well yeah. um so yeah overall i i enjoyed it mm-hmm. sweet all right well chad what did you think about this movie well i'm glad everybody liked it because i i feel like i might be the only one who legitimately enjoys watching some scary movies every now and then no uh, i'm with on you the on podcast. that Okay, I'm, good. I'm glad someone someone's here for that. I yeah, I I like this movie a lot because like every year for Halloween when I was like growing up in like you know late grade school, middle school, high school stuff like that, I would get together with a lot of my friends and we would watch scary movies like on Halloween. So like I've <clears throat> been watching scary movies for a a long time, especially around this time of year. So this brought back a lot of nostalgia for me thinking about scary movies and, and watching them around Halloween and during spooky season and everything and watching it again this year. Cause I had not seen it for uh, a few years at this point. I think I forgot that it's like a surprisingly funny movie and it's a very like solid film. A lot of like scary movies yeah. rely so heavily on jump scares and they rely so heavily on music to make you feel scared about things that are not necessarily scary on screen that 
I think this movie does a fantastic job of blending a lot of different elements of storytelling and filmmaking into a quote-unquote horror film where they're not relying on every 10 minutes having this huge jump scare to make the movie because they don't rely on it so heavily throughout the movie. Yeah. I like really lagging in and out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How... <laughs> How much of that do I think I need to restate? Literally just the last sentence. I would, yeah, I would restate the last sentence. Okay. I'll go back to, I, boy, I don't know. You're basically Sorry, like, David. they don't need to rely on cheap jump scares. Okay. I, I appreciate that they don't need to rely on the cheap jump scares because it makes, when they do have a jump scare and they're that much more effective. Is, is it happening again? <laughs> I see all of your faces. Everything looks fine for me. Uh, like literally just like every time you try to say that sentence <laughs> we're skipping that uh, yeah it's fine. i don't care I think we got it it's though. not that important it. It, you we guys get it audience it. doesn't need it that's fine i don't care i will jump in and say that i absolutely love this movie it's one of my favorite movies in general as well as favorite horror movies for sure like scream and cabin in the woods are definitely probably my two favorite horror movies aside from like the conjuring which I actually do find to be a very enjoyable horror movie in terms of actual scares, as well as like Friday the 13th, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, I just love that this movie is such a, it's such a rewatchable film because like you said, it's not about the jump scares because again, a lot of horror movies lose their luster when you know the jump scares coming. Uh, when you know who's going to die, when you know the plot, it's just not as scary anymore to rewatch because you know what's going to happen. That's half the scary part. But this movie is also just genuinely funny. Like like you were saying, Hunter, the payoff with the merman. I just love it so much. Like <laughs> he's like, oh, come on. And then like it has the blowhole just like shooting blood out the back. Like it's just so well crafted. All of the like all the horror bits are just so well put together for a horror fan like myself. I also just love the visual of a unicorn stabbing a dude like three times. Like, I just think that's so funny. I can't I can't help but laugh. I was literally watching the rest of this while I was shopping in the grocery store today. And I was like busting out laughing out loud <laughs> because of that scene. Like the whole final 20 minutes of this film are kind of hilarious. Not to mention all the other stuff. I'm curious what the jump scare was that got you, Hunter. I mean, there are a few jump scares, but I think, is it the one in the van? No, it was the one where Marty was going was going to the bathroom outside, and then you see the kid who got her arm chopped off. She's oh, like, yeah. Behind. And I'm sitting here, and at that moment, we hadn't cut back to the other people in a while. Yeah. We, we, we had just... We, we had just gone from uh, from Chris Hemsworth as Kurt and Jules uh, getting attacked and Jules dying to jumping to the cabin and now seeing everything with Marty. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to get attacked from behind. And Chris Hemsworth runs and just hits him. That's that. I jumped. I mean, that was a true jump scare where I flung my I was drinking water and I flung <laughs> it after myself because I was just so shocked. That's hilarious. I was, it's, I mean, it really spooked me. And so that was, that was what got me. The, I do I love say, that scene. <laughs> I thought that was great. I, I will say though, I did not know that Sigourney Weaver was in this. Yeah. So when she showed up, uh, I, I, my jaw almost dropped. I was like, what, 
what's going she's in this movie what is going on and i I had the exact same reaction (laughs) dude i'm i'm terrible at recognizing actors sometimes like and last week we were talking about this i for the for the audience member we're watching this out of order so we can get this in before halloween but like last week we watched million dollar baby and I did not recognize Clint Eastwood. I did not recognize him the entire film. <laughs> and then, and then we were talking. Okay, hold on. I know I wasn't here last week, but how do you not recognize Clint Eastwood? I basically had the same situation with Sigourney Weaver. I did not recognize her in the four or five times I've watched this film. I this is news to me that she's in the movie. <laughs> oh man. I apologize. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's not even like a cameo. He's like a he's like the main character of the movie <laughs> and the director. <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't I didn't even know until I was like looking up on IMDb after the movie. I was like, wait a minute, that was Clint Eastwood. Anyway, I it's I do love. Have, have you ever doesn't, seen? Doesn't his name Eastwood pop up before? at the beginning in the opening credits? No. Well, I had never I mean, seen. It does. Yeah. It probably does. I wasn't paying attention that hard. I. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a Clint Eastwood movie before, so that's my defense. Okay, I, but, I, that's that's fair. Yeah, we're Maybe. on a movie podcast. That can't be a defense. That can't. Be well, a- that's <laughs> the whole reason for the movie podcast, so that I can learn these uh, things. That's yeah. the defense. That's the defense. All right, uh, but I do love Bradley Whitford in this movie. I think he is like one of those. Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins are two excellently cast characters. The casting was really well done. I also just love the way that, well, I just love how this movie paints a picture of the audience and of all horror movies in general. Like, I know this whole movie is a satire, but it does such a good job of not only satirizing horror movies in general, but it also satirizes us as the audience. Kind of, we are the ancient ones who, if we're not satisfied by the horror movie, we will riot and and we'll destroy the, like, the filming industry or whatever, like, if they don't satisfy us with their sacrifice every year. I just think that's such an interesting take on top of the fact that the satire of horror movies is so well put together. For example, obviously there's those missed scenes that just kind of increase the pheromones and make them dumber and all that stuff. Like the whispering, like I should go on a walk. You know what? No, I'm a, I'm not a puppet. I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> or like, I love the scene where she's in the basement. She has a knife in her hand and just in like every horror movie, she drops the knife. Except in this one, it's because the knife like shocked her, and she dropped it because of the shock. I don't know if you caught that, but like they push a button and the knife like gives a little jolt and she drops it. Otherwise, she could have kept holding the weapon, which is what they never do in horror movies. And you're like, why aren't you holding the gun? Why aren't you holding the knife? So again, super well done. Yeah, I think like since it was my first time, I didn't pick up on a lot of those things, um, especially like what you were saying a moment ago about the whole like ritualistic sacrifice aspects of the movie. Like what, after I watched it, no, granted I, I watched it right before this, so I didn't really have like a lot of time to ponder, but I was kind of like, you know, why did, why did they have that? Like, I mean, like it works, but, <laughs> but why? But what you're saying dude, totally makes sense. It, it definitely goes with the theme of this movie. Yeah. I just think that, it's, it really adds to the rewatch value of this movie. Because like, like you were saying at the beginning, Hunter, there's that random conversation 
where they're kind of dropping little things. But then they're also talking about how his wife is putting up baby proofing all around their house. And the, and the whole point is that they're like trying to get pregnant, but they haven't yet. And so she's jinxing it by doing all this stuff. And like classic Bradley Whitford is just ranting about it while they're on this, like the day of the most important ritual of the entire year. And they're just not taking it seriously at all. I also love how, again, on this rewatch topic, one of the reasons that they end up failing is because of like the chem department or whatever the pre-planning department doesn't do it, like doesn't set up the weed right. Like that ends up immunizing Marty to the whole, all of their controls. And that's why he ends up surviving. And like the whole thing at the beginning was why did we mess up last time because of the chem department? So I just love, again, that little Chekhov's gun playing through all that, all of that. So, yeah, super well-written movie. That's awesome. I didn't even realize. Oh, man, you're right. I didn't even realize. Yeah, I didn't get that either. That, that Chekhov's gun. Oh, that's so, that is so cool. I loved Marty. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah. As, the, as that type of character is in most horror movies. But I love the fact that he actually survived and ended up, and ended up doing something about it. Because I feel like most of the time, the burnout character is right about something, but dies. You don't necessarily make it through. So I love that he actually made it through and was the one. Maybe he wasn't. I wasn't sure if he was the one that caused the because he was messing with the messing with the board. Caused the what? So the reason why they didn't blow the the tunnel right away is because there was a glitch in the system and my from my understanding the glitch might have been caused by marty messing with the electronics in that room no what happened was because marty didn't die they changed the orders to blow up the tunnel and instead told them not to blow the tunnel so that they could kill marty first Mm. if she died first then they would then everyone would die. The world would gotcha, end. Gotcha. Oh, I was going to say, I also thought, talking about the world ending, I love how it just abruptly ended. How there, yeah. was, this, there was this huge build-up. We're sitting here, Beard, like you mentioned, at the end, boom. I mean, this thing's drawn out. We're thinking that Dana's going to shoot Marty, then this werewolf comes, then Sigourney Weaver's trying to kill him. He kicks Sigourney Weaver off. We're thinking, okay, now what? Is he, is he going to kill Dana? Like, what's going to go on? And then they're just chilling and they're having this this conversation. And then all of a sudden you just see a hand pop out and just boom. And then that's it. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> you sat through this whole thing. We're waiting. We don't even get to see what they look like, which is what I love for two reasons. One, because the CGI was so bad. So it, that probably would have ruined the movie. <laughs> and then two... Uh, because you, we it leaves it up to our imagination. Where now we can only imagine what these gods are, who mm-hmm. these people are that are crawling out of the ground and that are gonna uh, let loose destruction all over the place. So I, I thought that was a great ending. I, I don't think it could have ended any better way than being just so abrupt and tying it all in a knot just so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is one of the like most hilarious and most dark horror movies that exist because this is the only one that i can think of where the entire world ends in a bloody bloody pulp like 
<laughs> every human is about to be subjected to what these humans were in this room. And also, this movie kind of almost sets up a lore for all horror movies. It's almost to say as if all horror movies that have come before are these fabrications set up to please the dark ones. You know, so like and they're all real, like they're all real things set up by these agencies to please the dark ones. And real people were actually dying, <laughs> which I love as a concept of like horror movie lore. I just think that's hilarious. Brand know. new cinematic universe. Every yes. horror movie ever made. Yes, every horror movie. The horror universe, dude. What a terrible place to live. Man, I always wondered why all these horror movies had like a bunch of sequels because they just do <laughs> the same thing every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. Maintenance is gonna win someday. You know. <laughs> Uh, I actually totally disagree with you, Hunter, on the CGI. I think this movie holds up really well in terms of the special effects. I gave it a 10. Like, I don't know. I, I personally thought the special effects were really good. Maybe I'm totally missing something. I mean, aside from, like, the ghost. I, I was I was with Hunter. I did not. <laughs> I did not think it was very good. That's fair. I mean, you can believe what you want to believe. I personally like for improvement. special effects. I'll give you that. I love them a lot. I think... I just think that they so faithfully brought all of these monsters to the screen. And that, to me, warrants a 10. Because there's no other way to justify, or there's no other way to score that for me. So I think the perfect encapsulation of, of CGI in this movie for me is my favorite death in all movies that I've ever seen in my entire life. And that is when Chris Hemsworth gets on the motorcycle... <laughs> And he's gonna be have his big hero moment. He's flying through the sky, and he just smacks into that wall. It explodes, and it's clearly like a like a I don't know like a crash test dummy that just like kind of slides down. Yeah, that is like my favorite death ever. The first time I saw that, I thought it was the funniest thing that I have ever seen in a movie. It was oh, it gets me every time. I get so excited when I get to that scene. It's my favorite scene in the movie. They do build it up so well. He's like, but better, I'm going to be a effects. hero, guys. I'm going to come back and I'm going to bring helicopters and big guns. It's going to be awesome, guys. I'm going to do it. And then he just like hits the wall. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That part's really good. I mean. And that's another one that they set up, too, right? Because they, um, they they had like that bird that flew into the wall or whatever earlier on in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I. That that's when I first wrote in my notes. I'm like, oh, this CGI is questionable. <laughs> that me too. Oh, that's, the bird. That's when I noticed it yeah. too. Yeah, I'm on the same yeah. beard. We're on the same boat here. Yeah, I saw it, it, I, <laughs> I saw the camera pan out as it was going into the tunnel, and I, I I said, why did they do this? That that's not real. And then they zoom, and then the bird came in, and they zoomed in on the bird. And I said, oh, you can you can tell with the wings. I, I, oh, I saw it, and I said, this is not good. But I also thought I said with a movie like this, with where it seems mostly in reality, can't be. There shouldn't be CGI with this because it it should be all real actors. I'm assuming that the villain is going to be a person that is hair and makeup, not necessarily CGI. For the most part, we were there. We were there. But then, yeah, I think the budget started to show two particular, two very particular scenes. Actually, three. One that scene. Two when they were down in the in the elevator and then the camera zoomed out to show all the monsters that was a very classic cgi 
scene when you zoom out and you see all the boxes turning that was a very classic cgi moment that i think a lot of movies especially in the 2000s and early 2010s kind of used uh that there might even be a scene like that in minority report where Mm. when you zoom down you saw tom cruise in the jail that you, you just see everything moving around him uh that was a very common and then of course when all the monsters initially broke out and all the doors open that was a big cgi moment the snake and all the anim- all the creatures and the blood that was a that was a big cgi moment yeah 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 that's pretty cgi i'll <laughs> give you that but i probably have 2011 goggles on because i saw this movie in the theaters and i loved it so i i don't think i can like as much as i was watching this movie with a critical eye this time around I also was looking straight past all those CGI issues and was looking at the monsters and the things I know that are about to happen and just like looking at it fondly with this love that I have for this film. So, yeah, I probably wasn't judging it very harshly. What? I just see this in theaters. Did it not come out in theaters? No, it did, but this came out in 2012. If I'm not mistaken, you were not 18 by 2012. (laughs) Actually, it came out in 2011. So what? No, nah, what? Really? It was like no, it came out. It was kind of both. Like, like it had limited. It had limited releases in 2011, and I think it had like full releases in 2012. Anyway, I'll back it up. Then your help of my case even more. 2011. <laughs> you, okay, dude, you you were like what? 12, 13. 14. Bro, How did you see 14. this movie? Did Are you, you kidding me? Or did you sneak in? Are you kidding me? You've never, you've never snuck into a movie that you weren't eligible to attend? Yeah, hell no. I tried that once, and I got caught. Well, I <laughs> definitely man, did. Man, what theater are you going to? <laughs> I went yeah, man. Cracks down that hard. To just try harder. Like, I went you sneak see, everything yeah. in the... I've snuck <laughs> everything into movie theaters. Yeah, I've like, come on, man. Oh, no, I... Uh, I I'm I'm looking it up. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was 22 Jump Street. I'll never forget it. I've never. That's the only movie I ever tried to sneak into. It was 22 Jump Street when it came out, and I I think I was like 16. So yeah, I was probably 16 at the time, maybe 17. And we bought tickets, of course, to the other another movie, and we walk into the 22 Jump Street theater, sit down, and then. One of the people that work at the theater came in and started checking everybody's tickets. And, of course, <laughs> we didn't have the tickets. And I said, really? I've never seen this happen before in all my life going to Dude, the theater. They this did is- that Ooh. to get you. That's why they did it. Ooh, yeah, they did knew. buy a ticket? Yeah, they 100% knew. That, yeah, No, we bought a ticket to a different movie and then tried to sneak into the 22. Oh, what? No, man, when I was 16, I just I, I went straight up to the to the. What? To the office and bought a, a ticket to the radar movie, and they did not ask it. Yeah, we, 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 no, they asked for our ID every time. Really? Especially when you're 14, they ask. At but least they did you, it in my theater. Yeah, you yeah. Go to the strictest movie theater I have ever heard <laughs> of in my entire life. Honestly. Go to some like beat up AMC that has like two screens in the whole place. That they won't check anything. Dude, the AMC in Hamilton? No way. <laughs> I I mm. you I could have... sit in the theater all day long and they would not care. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, at my place and no, that I, didn't work out well. I have been kicked out of a theater in the same way Hunter was. Like, 
I like I, I we bought tickets for a different movie, went and sat down, and then they like came and were like, all right, we're checking everyone's tickets. Same exact thing. That's that's got to be their shtick for catching underage people or basically kicking people out who didn't buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, Never heard if they that. see you walk in and sit down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just got to be covert about it. But obviously we weren't that one time. I've done it other times, though, for sure. and got away with it. And I obviously did it this time because I remember seeing this movie in the theater and I was not of age. So <laughs> that's all I could tell you, man. <laughs> and it was a great experience. I regret nothing. I will yeah. say one one addition that we will keep is uh, the fun facts. Fun facts, yo. I'm excited. You know, I have a fun fact, too. So I'm interested to see if you say the same one as me. Go ahead. Oh, OK. Andrew, this isn't your section. This isn't about you. Oh, I, my bad. I'm, I'm backing <laughs> off immediately. I have zero I fun facts to share. letting me go early. <laughs> you, you know, there has been there there has been some situations in in the some past controversy weeks where people have stolen my fun facts, and this isn't just in one. This is in multiple episodes. So I, I appreciate this. So this, of course. This, is, this is awesome. So the opening, right? As I mentioned, this the opening was hilarious. And so we can imagine, flipping back to 2011, that this movie was a little bit hard to market because of all of the nuances and this meta commentary. And so the team, Bradley Whitford, and the, sorry, the opening with Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, was intentionally put at the start of the movie so that they could catch fans off guard and make viewers think that they were in the wrong theater. They intentionally put this scene at the start so they could throw them through the loop, have them be like, what is going on here? What's happening? And just absolutely make them think they're in the wrong theater. And I so I love that. definitely worked on me. Like when I was in the theater, I was like, wait, what? What movie is this? I think that's awesome. I've consistently, I've actually consistently thought about this concept of if you made a movie trailer and half of the movie trailer just wasn't the movie you you made the movie trailer enough to sell people on the concept of this is what this movie is about but half or more of the scenes you see in the trailer aren't in the movie and the storyline is just completely different where you use the trailer to get people in and from there they're just shocked and and i think that that's i think that this movie does a lot of that and i think that's very cool so also fun facts provided by screamerant.com thank you screamerant i love you so <laughs> path to thor so chris hemsworth sponsor us screen rant <laughs> sponsor. Uh, thor chris hemsworth the man himself he had this role before thor and as we know joss whedon was a writer on this project and did collaborate and this role helped him actually not only nab his part in the remake of red dawn but also when josh Whedon saw saw chris hemsworth in this movie he said i want you as thor and this movie got him the role of thor in the mcu heck yeah dude yeah how wild is that that's pretty cool um one awesome Chekhov's gun that i love is the board of the monsters <laughs> that is such a subtle Chekhov's gun but I thought that, that was great. It was a great payoff. But uh, one thing is that you don't actually get to see all of the monsters that are on that board. And some of the monsters that we don't get to see are include demons, somebody called the Bride, Snowman, and then lastly, 
some monster named Kevin. <laughs> we don't know who Kevin is, but Kevin's listed on there. So I thought that was a little, little, little fun thing to mention. All right. Last, next, we have Inspiration. So this movie was inspired by a lot of movies in the horror genre. And so when there's that scene where you can see all the monsters that are in their cages, a couple of the monsters we get to see are Pinhead from Hellraiser. We actually got to see that one up close. Uh, Alien from Alien. And oh, the Alien was in there? Yeah, Alien was there. We get to see the killer clown from it. We actually get to see the killer clown attack somebody as well. And who I just mentioned is fans are speculating that Kevin is a nod to the sadistic character of the same name in the movie Sin City. And so I think that's kind of cool that they were able to include uh, characters from other horror movies. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I love the Hellraiser bit. I think that's such a cool um, Easter egg. Mm-hmm. And so that is, that's all I have. Beard, what's the fun fact you have? You know, after I mentioned it, I kind of realized my fun fact actually isn't that fun, but it's just kind of more of an interesting note. Um, <laughs> interesting facts. <laughs> this uh this movie was filmed in 2009 but it took Whoa. like three years to actually get like distributed like mgm was gonna buy it and then like it fell through and they had to find like another distributor so anyway if it felt like slightly more out of date than it appeared for 2012 it was because it was three years old older than huh. uh than it actually when it came out so that actually makes sense yeah that's cool. Well, thank you all for sticking around for the fun facts. More right. ha 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 ha. <laughs> More like scary facts. Those are some spooky stories. We got some fun facts, some beard babbles, and some spooky stories. <laughs> all right. No, I think I think before we call it beard's bundle of facts. Beard's bundle of facts. <laughs> that works too. That's that's good. All right. I think we're ready to move into scores. Hunter, what did mm-hmm. you rate this movie? Yeah, this this movie was an interesting one because, for one thing, as I mentioned, I think CGI takes a huge hit for me. And again, I know we brought this up a few times, but I don't necessarily know if the score is reflective of how I feel about the movie as a whole because certain things such as I thought the enjoyability was high, but the plot itself, like the plot was good, but I just didn't think, I didn't think it stuck out a whole ton. And so certain aspects of this movie have brought it down significantly when I feel that this movie, if I'm just grading it out of 10, I'd give it, I'd give it an eight or an eight and a half out of 10. I, I love this movie, but nice. from a perspective of the ratings, which we do have to abide by, this movie is going to get... Are you ready? Bum, bada, bum. Do it. A 66. Oh! So it got a 66 because oh. I five for special effects. I gave it a five for cinematography. And I gave it a 
six for profoundness. But I gave it I gave it an eight for enjoyability and an eight for plot. So I'll you know I tried to even it out. I I, I just thought you know it's when we're judging it from a critical lens. I just don't think it 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 pales too well. You know, for, especially from a cinematography and uh, special effects scenario. I, I don't know. I've never felt truly this feeling that Colin felt when I rated in Bruges 66. But now I know what it feels like, and I feel bad. <laughs> I rated this movie in 85. I love this movie. And even then, I was still I was trying to be critical, and I didn't give it a, like 100% like I wanted to. I was like, 85. That's pretty straightforward. I gave it a 10 for special effects, which is funny because that's the only thing you guys really hated about this movie. And pretty much everything else was an 8 or a 9. Except for cinematography, which I said was pretty average, I gave it a seven. But yeah, that's where I come out on this one. Again, I understand I'm looking at this without any true critical lens on some certain parts. So, what did you get? What did you give this movie, Beard? Well, I am in the Hunter camp, um, and I give a pretty similar score. And likewise, special effects took a pretty big ding. <laughs> Sorry about that, David. Um, and other things too, because it's like I, I just in general I agree with Hunter, where like I have a bias against uh, horror movies, and so I don't think they fare well in my ratings. And you know things like, for example, character development, I think is just it's just not the emphasis of a lot of horror movies, and I don't I definitely don't think it was in this moon either. So um, did not get rate score in that aspect. Um, but there were things I liked um, actually. Unlike Hunter, I liked the plot. I thought it was, um, like I said at the beginning, I thought it was nuanced and uh, kind of different for a horror movie. So I liked that. Um, and there was like so many different things going on that they they wove together really well. So I, I thought it uh, deserved an eight for plot. Um, overall, <laughs> Hunter, I thought, you, I thought you didn't like the plot. Um, I must have heard you wrong. No, anyway. no, no. I, I, I was... Uh, what I what I meant to say was I thought the plot was all right in terms of comparing it just to the other movies on the list. And so I, I, I cut short a little bit because I also try and keep in perspective the other movies that we have on the list, comparing this to, let's say, a La La Land, which is a terrible you would never try to compare these movies. But when you look at our list, yeah, La La Land sucks in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to see something like a La La Land or a Dark Knight and see that gets a nine in plot. And what are we? We're gonna give this a nine? Like it's 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 sometimes tough to do that. And so that's that's what I tried to do. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. Anyway, I I gave it a sixty-one overall, um, which it's because I'm low, but. It's eight points higher than I gave Scream. <laughs> so how about that? Um, I also get the same score as Minority Report and Peanut Butter Falcon. So Wow. All right. Appreciate it. And Chad, bring us home. Well, I'm I'm gonna end up going right down the middle of everybody. I, I didn't I most of my scores were like somewhere between six and an eight. It was like some things I liked more than average, some things were a little bit less than average, but for a movie that I've seen several times at this point and has a lot of nostalgia for me, I, it was pretty numb in the rating portion. I was not very hot or cold on just about any aspect of this film. Although, I will say, Andrew, I do feel confident in my score because of where I ended up relevant to your score. Overall, 72. So I feel as though 
I was relatively fair in my rating. Mm -hmm. Despite basically going with the route of everything about this film was okay. I liked some stuff. Some stuff could have been better. And that, you know, (laughs) for a horror movie, I'll take that every day of the week. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I do actually have one more thing to add. Colin sent me some remarks. He he kept it brief. He said he rated it a 7.5, and he said, and I quote, I really like it. It is a great spin on some classic horror movie tropes, end quote. <laughs> so thank you, Colin, for your contribution. Almost like he was here. It's just yeah, like he I was, was here. If he was here, he probably would have kept it about at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yes. it. Yes, we hope you get better, Colin. All right. And with that, we'd love to hear from our listeners, whether it's behind-the-scenes questions or movie suggestions. Which monster would you choose to face off against in a horror movie? Let us know by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts, email us at amptedmovies at gmail.com, or interact with our new polls and questions on Spotify. Additionally, we've recently opened our podcast for listener support. If you enjoy what you hear and want to make it possible for us to keep watching movies, you can pledge between $1 and $10 a month to make that happen. That said, we appreciate you all, whether you're just listening or chipping into our funds. We hope this episode has gotten you amped about Cabin in the Woods. We'll catch you next week when we discuss There Will Be Blood. Happy Halloween! I actually learned how to, like, make um, echoes on Audacity. Like, I learned how to... (laughs) add a sound effect that makes the the maniacal laughing actually sound kind of cool so i'm gonna apply that <laughs> all right i'm interested to see how that turns out that actually sounds pretty sick it actually does it sounds like it's coming from a cave or something